1: home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
2: Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today we have the perfect show the perfect intersection of food and technology. We are talking about virtual reality, integrated multi-sensory art experience. Sounds so exciting. If you are a faithful listener of Tech Bytes, you will have already heard a little something about this back in December of 2019, when we first met the cohort that is putting together a experience called Aero Banquets. And it's... I call it an experience because it's hard to describe it as something else. So here we have, today joining us, Mattia Kassilonia and Kathleen Ford. Mattia is the artist who conceived and created the project. Kathleen Ford is senior curator at Super Blue, the gallery in Miami. And if you're a fan of the art world, you know that the Miami Art Week is happening right now. And this experience is happening as we speak. So let's kick it off, Mattia. Thank you for coming back all these years later.
3: Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having us again. And, um, and to yeah, I'm so excited to, to be on your show again.
2: So back in 2019, uh, in December... You were um, performing or putting on or presenting this experience at the James Beard Foundation as a series of dinners, uh, a multi sensory journey, virtual reality, food, music, a seven course tasting menu. It was about an hour long. And I had the opportunity to go and experience it. And it was really, it, it's truly, truly unique. There's nothing else really like it that I've ever experienced. So can you tell us what the initial idea was for you to put this project together and then how it happened and came together for 2019, and then we'll come up to the experience that you have today, how it's evolved, but what was the initial idea to do a VR food fantasy experience?
3: Right. So actually, the idea actually was born, I mean, I've been always interested in um, working new, um, with new media. So um, as an artist, I experiment a lot with, with new technologies and um, virtual reality uh, or, you know, all the different variations from, from, from virtual reality, including uh, augmented reality or, or maybe mixed reality. Uh, the way that I see those uh, are um, like um, extensions of how our sensory um, experience. So, VR for the ones who you know, if you ever tried it, is mostly for games. But for me, it's a it's a medium to uh, expand the, the possibilities of what we can sense. It. Through you know in 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 the world, so um, very much as as VR might be an extension of our sight, our eyes, and our you know ears and um, with you know with sound, I thought that uh, taste, you know the the sensory perception of, of food, it's you know it's a language and it's a medium in itself that has it's haven't been explored uh, in VR a lot, and so um, this is where it comes from, right? Just by this uh, you know. Uh, we should need to uh, to push the boundaries of the medium of VR, but also you know to include uh, tastes into the into an experience. Um, and so this is really where it came from, just from a pure experimentation on the on the medium.
2: Well, and then virtual reality, it's easy to do sight and sound and movement, so like physical touch and movement because your body can kind of move around and you can have sort of some sensations because of what you see and what you're hearing. But taste is completely outside of a VR environment as we think about it. You're not ever smelling anything or, or tasting anything. So how did, how are you able to, to add that element into the VR space which is doesn't have it?
3: Right. Uh... Uh, absolutely and this is where you know our entire uh journey really started. I um, I started to collaborate um um with an amazing chef actually uh, who is based in New York. His name is Chintan uh, 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 uh Cintan Pandaria. Uh he owns few few restaurants in New York and um with him we really started to uh, you know to think of ways to integrate uh food in, in the art and the way that we are doing now is by is by basically creating the the entire menu as bite sized, um, basically um, dishes. They almost look like uh, uh, tapas, maybe. And the challenge here um, was how we can make sure that you know all the the textures and all you know how the way how we prepare usually a normal plate how that can be condensed into a bite sized uh, you know bites that you literally eat all in once, and so the experimentation here really went you know. Uh, on figuring out, you know, how we can combine and how we can scale down all the flavors and all the, you know, all all the things that, that we want to give to people in a format that's, you know, they can just be completely bite-sized. And we also worked a lot in the in the um, on the intersection between a sound, uh, of course, uh, colors, shapes, and visuals, and uh, tastes, basically flavors.
2: So you integrate all of this together, you have your first experience, um, you have the experience back in December of 2019, um, which was really, I think, the first collaboration that you did with uh, Chintin, Chef Chintin, on the actual thing itself, right? That was the first time it was presented to people. Mm -hmm. So... How was the feeling after that? Almost as soon as you finished that performance or, you know, presentation, we had the pandemic and then everybody went home and stayed at home for a while. Right. Did you think about the the presentation, the performance then? Did you have extra time to sort of download what it was and the results and what you wanted to do with it?
3: Well, I mean, actually, it was really funny because, of course, you know, as everybody knows, in those years, you know, the last thing that people wanted to do was to put some headsets on their heads. Uh, and so, you know, we were kind of like, uh, we couldn't really uh, show the, the, the project for, for a little bit. But it was interesting to me also is that the relationship that people have with VR in general, I think in those years of... of COVID uh, completely changed, right? there is a lot of people that actually bought some some headsets. Uh, uh, There's a lot of things that were actually shifting in the virtual worlds. You know, if we think about, you know, festivals going into VR mode and, you know, experiences getting, uh, for example, theater. It's one of those things that really um, embraced uh, VR and this kind of new technologies during the pandemic. So while we were, with the urban cats, we were pretty, you know, pretty low, and we are not really doing a lot. I think the um, the, the audience and the way that the general uh, public actually, uh, you know, started to use these new, you know, these new tools and these new technologies, uh, it really completely changed the um, the the experience almost that we are doing here in Miami now. I really see that in general, people are way more uh, familiar with headsets. You know, they're more familiar with how VR might work. And and that really changed, you know, a little bit how we are thinking and structuring the entire experience.
2: So the the experience down in Miami right now is at a gallery called Super Blue. And Kathleen Ford is the senior curator there and one of the founding members, curators of Super Blue. Kathleen, can you
4: tell us... um, Tell us what Super Blue is about. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. It's been such a joyful project that it's just so fun to talk to anybody about it. <laughs> um, so- <laughs>
2: Well, hopefully you're talking to lots and lots of people about it Lots and lots of people.
4: There's been such (laughs) a great, lots of great feedback and uh, so many people are interested in this. It's been uh, really wonderful to see that what we thought might be something that would be uh, really wonderful for this community here and for our audience is exactly that and, and then some. So Superblue is uh, a company an initiative uh, that has been around for about three years, although we've really only been doing things in the world for about a year and a half. And uh, we work with artists and partners to present large-scale, experiential, often immersive, multi-sensory artwork. And uh, with that, we're really thinking about um, you know in the experiential art world, and there's you know many projects in the landscape at the moment. Uh, A real focus for us is how do you present and work with artists in such a way that the work is as spectacular as it is meaningful? So we're really kind of thinking about the thoughtfulness behind something that is equally as stunning. And they, we work in two ways. Uh, we have uh, our home, which is in Miami, our headquarters. So this is the one center that is really Super Blue primarily driven. It's a 50,000 square foot space in Miami. And it's been open for a year and a half. And the other side of what we do is we partner on projects with festivals, with museums, uh, and other partners where we bring things Uh, to life with some of the artists that we work with in their venues. But this is our, you know, our main venue um, in Miami. We call it an experiential art center. And as I said, it's a 50,000 square foot space. And for the last year and a half, we've had Uh, a show with three large experiences in it, uh, more exhibition style, uh, by Team Lab, by Ez Devlin, and by James Terrell. But in all of these artworks, and this is kind of critical to what we do and why we're so enthusiastic to bring Mattia and team and Aero Banquets underneath our roof, in all of what we do, we're really kind of working with artists in such a way where the artist creates the artwork, but at the end of the day, the viewers of the audience complete it. Un- it's unfinished without them, without their impact. Uh, and that, you know, relates in different ways, depending on the, the the installation or the performative activation that's happening underneath our roof. It's also really important to us that um, we're really thinking about shared experiences in both physical space and digital space. So, for example, working with an artist like Mattia on a VR experience, you really wouldn't find us uh, having a solo experience where somebody walks into a white box of a room and just puts on a headset there's certainly would be something more mixed reality to it that is with a group of people and in between the physical world and the virtual world so The exhibition itself, as I said, has been up for 1.5 years, and we just added one new uh, art installation to that exhibition by Rafael Lozano-Hemmer called Pulse Topology. But what we've been talking about for some time now, moving into kind of thinking of this as our second season or second time at, um, at, at Art Basel, uh, during this really kind of peak moment here, was how could we start to bring crowds back to Super Blue through more event-driven experiences with artists, with things that kind of feel a little bit more like a performative installation? And what in that landscape also hits the mark of the artist creates the artwork, the audience completes it in some ways. It's sort of more more about perception and experience than it is about object and also how can we do this in a way that you have a uh, a shared experience it's not just a one-to-one experience and we have been thinking a lot about uh, trying to think about projects that kind of live in this mixed reality between the virtual world and the physical world and as we're having all these conversations uh, and brainstorming um, and we had a space that became open in super blue I happened to go to uh, a Uh, Hyphen Hub, uh, which is a, a gathering space in New York where a number of artists and curators come together in art and tech. And have conversations and some artists give presentations. And so, you know, my ears were kind of perked for these kinds of projects. And uh, a friend, a colleague in common of Matia and I introduced us and he started to tell me about this project. And I was like, ah, this is Kismet. <laughs> we're totally talking exactly about all these things. The timeline's short. So we really wanted to work with a project that already had its legs in some way. And it really kind of hit all of those marks and that, you know, it's a shared experience. The audience completes the artwork, it's event driven it's you know people coming together in a space it's something that's really also created for broad audiences and that you know there, there's something there that everybody is already comfortable with which is eating <laughs> and eating really good food and then when you have that filtered through an artist's lens you know what does that mean the most important thing here is what I, what I started with, and I'll just close with this, is that, you know, how do you go beyond the spectacular to the meaningful? And in this, this work, you're just really drawn in by the seductive artwork and landscape in the room itself. But you realize that there's also threads that are being discussed or suggested in the piece, which is kind of like in our contemporary landscape, you know, how do we produce? How do we consume? What does it mean to have a meal that you can't take a picture of, for example?
2: Oh, my goodness. I never even <laughs> thought about that. How can you have a meal that you can't Instagram? Mm-hmm. There must be some Instagrammable piece of the experience. Otherwise, how do people know it happened?
4: <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> I just had
4: somebody this morning saying, are you sure I can't turn my phone on and put it on the table in front of me before I put my headset on mm-hmm. so I can have it all
3: recorded oh for goodness. Instagram? my
2: goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, Mattia, tell us, um, walk us through a little bit and as much as you can. And and I, for people listening, again, this experience is happening right now. And the last time it was happening was in, you know, who who knows when an experience like this can happen again. So if you happen to be in the Miami area and you are there for the art festival, uh, superblue.com that's all one word, superblue.com slash arrow. A-E-R-O is where you can go to take a look at the gallery, the event, and purchase tickets. Um, it's happening until December 4th. Um, and they're really, it's it's truly extraordinary and one of a kind. But Mattia, insofar as you can tell us what the experience is like without ruining it or, you know, being a spoiler for people, um, how long is it? What do people expect? They come in, they sit down. Are they standing? Are they walking? What What's the experience like?
3: Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, the people, um, first they enter the museum space. <laughs> That's the first step, really. And then they, you know, they basically, uh, they're uh, greeted um, by our, you know, by... Um, by our staff, by our hosts, and um, and they're sort of brought into this this, this reality uh, first just by you know uh by texts and then and then going to the space by the visuals and then going to VR you know with with G full multi experience so, so so for me uh, this entire experience is really based on theater almost you know it's uh in how we can convey you know um an, an experience that that has that really touches on all your senses so sound visuals uh the the entire experience is also actually based on a book actually on the futurist cookbook it's a book that he, the the uh, uh, italian Futurists uh, which were this very experimental art group who wrote in the 1930s actually nineteen thirty two and then and they were really the first in, in Italy also in Europe to think about food in terms of in a very surreal way in terms of colors and shapes and how things will sound when, you know as uh, Versus how things will actually taste. For example, they they made a huge stir in Italy uh, because they were completely against and, uh, pasta, for example, right? <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, like of course in Italy. It Sounds very drastic. Very, very, very. Stupid. Of course, that didn't work well. The press, you know, there was like, a huge, huge scandal. They actually also were were able to open um, a, a natural restaurant in. Turin where they were uh doing this this um sort of fine dining, very surreal uh um ex- experimental exhibitions where they were basically combining you know music, performance, uh painting. And and of course food. So um, they were usually usually in influential. I think for a generation of, of chefs and artists working with food, they came way way after. And so I got so much interested in this little book. Um, and I started to think, okay, well, how can this be, you know, an actual experience, right? There is so much interesting stuff from this book and how that, that can be, you know, almost like the starting point to create a story. And this is what I started to do. I started to to write a script, very much like you will do in movies or, or or in theater. And I sort of started to think, okay, uh, what's the legacy of the future is now, right? Because they were really thinking about fully in terms of... Uh, Chemical, you know, like uh, uh, powder food, and you know, like how how we can um, optimizing the um, eating uh, stuff so that we can produce more in the future. You know, all stuff that is that that after fifty years, actually, I think we are actually uh, feeling the negative effects of sometimes too. You know, and um, they were really ut- ut- utopic when it comes to the. To, to the future of food and I think a lot of things that they were trying you know to uh, envision for the future now uh, we are actually we're actually actually experiencing the, uh, the, the basically the the uh, side effects of so my work here, um, you know this particular work is is kind of critical a little bit towards the futuristic uh but also is drawn, you know is also inspired by a lot of things that were in the data book so um, so you will have um a sort of narrator uh, whose voice is actually from Gail uh, uh Simmons uh who is um uh, few people may, may know of course she's she's a superstar uh top chef, and and so she guides you through this menu, uh, which is a completely fantastical menu and is described in very, very, you know, very fantastical, very surreal ways. And also what is important, of course, is to realize that the guests, when they start this experience, they have no idea what they're going to (laughs) eat. So they have no idea what the menu is going to look like. Of course, they have a choice between you know vegan versus other kind of menus. But um, what's interesting is that you go into the experience being completely you know open and blind and not knowing exactly what you will get. So it's a leap of faith, a little bit. Absolutely, it's, it's a leap of faith, and also it's a new way of of experiencing food because, of course, in VR in the experience. Your food comes, uh, you know, in many different shapes, may have forms that you will never, you know, that you will, that that you never ate before. And so it's very much about, you know, how flavors, how this sense, you know, how the perception of flavor intersects with our vision, you know, with shapes, colors and forms. So yeah, he, he, you know, he, you need a lot of trust, but also it's a very, you know, it's it's a very comfortable experience, I would say. Actually, but my, it's really funny, actually, we just had a guest just really now that I, I was just helping, and, he's, and he was our youngest guest ever, and he was four, four years old.
2: <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> so,
3: Yes. Just and it know. was probably <laughs>
2: very natural, even though he was four years old, so it was probably very natural for him from one point of view. Just like, oh, great, we're putting on this stuff. I'm doing this thing. No problem.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally easy. You know, and uh, because it's, um, you know, like it's not the kind of VR that we usually uh, associate with the medium. It's not about gaming. It's not about fast things. It's, it's, not, it's not that kind of thing. It's more about, uh, you know, a VR where you're sitting, you, you actually have hands. So you can really, you know, um, interact and really, you know, move and really, you know, stay in your space very much like you will do in in a normal space in reality. So it's, it's yeah, it's super, super it's really comfortable and it's um and it's uh, yeah, it's a very, very accessible experience for, for everybody. And it's been so You to see how how everybody is reacting to it, of course.
2: So Kathleen, how is it as a curator in a gallery space working with installing an experience that is multi-sensory and experiential the how, you know are is it more collaborative are you collaborating more with the artist versus if you're you know hanging paintings or putting sculptures on display because it is people walking in walking out food sounds things well
4: thankfully um, because i love it I've only ever worked in art and technology and performance for the last 20 years. (laughs) So I've kind of, I I have had that experience through both exhibition and performance and performative installations that um, I'm kind of, uh, used to and grateful for because it's such a great experience. Be working really side by side with the artists we work with to uh, so installing is, isn't just uh, in the, isn't the way that you would install an exhibition and that you kind of have everything set in advance. You have things set in advance, but obviously, obviously, things need to shift, and that that shift even means you know shifting in terms of uh, perception, taste, the size of a bite, um, those kinds of things. I and mean, it was it was really fun when I was doing a tasting with Tintin and Mattia in New York, because we had some lead up to this, you know, and, you know, I just said like, wow, how lucky am I? What a great job. And I've said this again and again over the years of all sorts <laughs> of weird things that end up kind of um, coming under the purview of being a curator of experimental work in art and tech. Um, but, you know, coming home from a day of tastings at Tintin's restaurant um, was just part of the job. So yes, it's very collaborative um, and also multi-sensory. So this might
2: be a, uh, you know, a, a question to ask, what is the, I know you're right in the throes of presenting an experience now um, in the space in Superblue. Mattia, are you already thinking about the next iteration? Or are you really focused on just like working through performance after performance after performance? Or are you already evolving the experience for the next one?
3: yeah i mean i think that um what's really interesting about this, this kind of work where where you say that is very you know it's a collaboration between me you know as as the artist as the creator of these worlds and and the creators of the menu i really want to uh, engage the, some uh local chefs here for example in, in miami i think uh you know the, the miami uh food scene is is of course is is amazing. And, uh, and I think this, and I think it would be amazing to, you know, to be back here in Miami and really work uh, with a specific menu from some other chef. Uh, but, you know, of course, you know, the, the technology is, is moving really, really fast. So, um, you know, we are already experimenting with ways where, the audience can come into the space already wearing some headset, or maybe w- ways where they can find each other in the worlds, maybe right, or maybe it can be um, um, an online shared experience where you might have a, a dinner with your friends or your family on the other side of the of the world. So I think it, for us, it's very much like a new language almost, and it's you know it's a platform also to invite. You know, different artists, different chefs, different creators to really create a multisensory experience that are shared, meaningful and, you know, and and really offer and really offer amazing experiences.
2: Can you tell us about the technology you're using? I mean, is this are are these things that you're just pulling off a shelf? I recall from the James Beard um, House experience, you were sort of hacking and creating some of your own technology because you could not find what you needed to complete the experience so where's your tech coming from today
3: well i mean we are um, we actually have um so okay so uh, in miami this actually is the first time that we are doing this experience for uh 16 people so we are super super happy to actually have uh, a partnered with uh, meta uh, they were so, super super kind to support this project and they gave us a few headsets which is supposed very helpful because it's um it's a production that involves a lot of headsets so, um, uh, so we're working with meta they have been very very supportive uh, on on this project but you know we're also hacking things <laughs> we are also figuring out you know like uh, things here and there that are not necessary off the shelves um, but yeah we have we have the opportunity to work with them and it's been an amazing collaboration so far.
2: And Kathleen, you
4: were saying something about the tech side. Oh, when you were when you were talking about the potential evolution for it uh, in the future, I would say from the super blue side, we've always kind of thought about this one week collaboration on AeroBankettes as being a beta in some way, even though it's a fully fledged experience, but a beta in the sense to see, is this the kind of thing that our Audiences would gravitate towards, and with that in mind, there's, you know, there's has always been the goal or the wish or the fingers crossed that we might be able to evolve this into something that we could bring back to Super Blue in some way. So that conversation has always kind of continued on the side of the. How might we be able to evolve it in the future? And you know, thankfully, as I said at the start of this conversation, uh, our audiences are reacting super positively and enthusiastically to it. So, again, fingers crossed, this is something that uh, hopefully we'll be able to have happen again beyond just one week in Miami. Well, it's almost a shame
2: to have it for just one week because the number of people who get to experience it is is not that is not that great. Although I suppose it makes it extra special because it is so limited, um, just in terms of how many people can go because mm-hmm. of the size of it. Um, at Superblue you, you've had um, some food components and um, things in the past also, as a part of, you have a dining, you have had dining elements at the gallery also.
4: We have a cafe outside uh, designed by Yinka Lori and collaborations with any of our events with local restaurants and chefs. That's fantastic.
2: And, you know, it's interesting that museum dining and gallery dining and things like that sort of haven't quite evolved that much over time um, when there is so much potential for it in so many ways, as, as we can see, um, there's so many fun things happening in food uh, that you would think that it would be, you know, fantastical. They wind up being a little bit, especially in the larger museums, they wind up being a little bit like,
4: cafeterias sometimes yeah Yeah, exactly or a side project yeah which is you know again not our intention we do like to kind of think about things long term which was why from the beginning of this project it was okay we'll do a week let's see how it goes but fingers crossed this is something that you know we can continue to to do in the space in some way shape or form um you know with and maybe with other projects that are working between art and tech and food so exciting!
2: Um, it is really exciting. I want to thank both of you for taking time out of your day because it's actually happening right now, thank and you uh, for yeah, we love me. that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a lot of information so people listening at home can find all of this and follow along. Um, Mattia Casilliano is if you want to follow him on Instagram, he is at a underscore radical underscore hypothesis um, at Aerobankettes at Flavor 5 Studio is the collective that produces Aerobankettes. If you want to check them out online, it is Uh Kathleen Ford at superblue.art is where you can find them on Instagram. The website is superblue.com and backslash. A-E-R-O, Aero, if you want to specifically look at this event and to purchase tickets. Um, Miami Art Week, Miami Art Basel, this is happening until December 4th, um, but get on social media and follow them so you can see where it's going to happen next in the world. Um, so exciting. And of course, Super Blue will be there beyond December 4th with lots of interesting things happening. Matia, do you know um, when your next production of Aero Banquets will be?
3: Uh, we are working on many different cities, actually. And what we what what we really want to try to do now is to, <clears throat> it's to set up a table as long as the entire world <laughs> and maybe try to link mm. cities like, <laughs> you know, city here and there and really have some experience, you know, some social remote experience. Um, we're also looking at a tour. That's another thing that we are looking at. Uh, we haven't been in, you know, in Europe yet. We haven't been in South America yet. So, so yeah, a lot of you, I'm sure you will hear more about Robin Katz soon.
2: It almost sounds like given the initial inspiration of the, you know, Italian futurist in the cookbook that you are almost obligated to go and do an event in Italy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> you know what? It's gonna be the hardest. I think Italy is yeah. gonna, be, gonna <laughs> be the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, we're, you know, we we're, we're working on it. I think you know because of the of the, the food culture uh, in Italy is so you know it's so deep, of course, it's so thick, but also it's very um, it's um, you know it's very projected in the past. Very much like, you know, very much like the uh...
2: Fantastic. And uh, Kathleen, can you tell us what's coming up at Superblue in the future?
4: Well, right now, we just opened up a new installation that I would encourage everyone to come see. It's going to be up for um, uh, at least the next year. And it's an installation by Rafael Lozano-Hemmer called Pulse Topology. And in this room uh, of 3,000 light bulbs, you realize that the light bulbs are actually 3,000 heartbeats or pulses of participants that have been through the space. Wow. And uh, and you are asked to activate or have your own pulse recorded by putting your hand under a sensor. And at that moment, all the lights dim, the sound in the room becomes just your pulse. And you see one light blinking and realize... And that's the moment that you realize, oh, this isn't just a beautiful light sculpture. These are hearts and pulses, and I'm adding my individual activation into this collective act uh, that's very much about legacy and thinking about uh, future thinking. So I encourage you to come see that. Um, and that's our, our that's our newest endeavor at Super Blue, in addition to Aero Banquets.
2: Fantastic. Well, I you know that along with the 37 degree morning we had in New York City is. Mm-hmm. Two great reasons to be <laughs> coming down to Miami. Yeah. You got it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Mattia and Kathleen, thank you for joining us today on such a very very busy day to talk about this project. And um, if you want to go back to the archives and listen to the first episode where we talked with Mattia and his cohort about aero Banquettes, that is episode 198 from December 2019. And this episode today is episode 279 in November of 2022. So that's fantastic. We are able to stay on the air and have so many episodes and continue our conversation with Tech Bytes because of support from our members and listeners like yourselves. And if you think these are important conversations that we need to have and share and record, help support. Tech Bytes by becoming a member of Heritage Radio Network. Or if you are looking for holiday gifts, something special for that someone special, or maybe just something nice for yourself, because you're wonderful, go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash holiday auction. We have lots of amazing lots on sale right now. And I'm going to do a little bit of a promo. I hand-stitched a beautiful... cotton bread bag with a Japanese shashiko design on it. And in that bread bag will be a loaf of handmade bread by Heritage Radio Network host Mitchell Davis, who hosted a show called Taste Matters, along with a subscription to his Substack newsletter, Kitchen Sense. And that is currently on auction right now. So something handmade by the HRN hosts it will be the perfect fit, I promise. Um, again, it's an exciting time in the food tech space. Thank you for listening. Come back again. I'm Jennifer Leutze, and this is Tech Bites.
1: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for ten years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country.